In a make-believe world as vast as Hollywood can offer, there are movies that stood the test of time to us and to us alone. These films may or may not resemble the critically acclaimed classics that have acquired accolades at glittering star-studded award ceremonies, but have won their way into our hearts. These movies are not iconic, but myconic. This time we embark on a countryside adventure fought with corruption, subterfuge, violence and death as well as a Buddhist child saviour looking to save the world from an unspeakable evil and his troop of simpletons. The movies are Watership Down and The Golden Child. So here we are once again, as I uh, said already, because we've already tried once tonight and <laughs> you managed to mess it up recording <laughs> at your end. Um, a late night... Another late night for us, because that's how dedicated we are to our art of doing these podcasts in as much as we usually, we start after nine and we, we go on into the night. And Usually or, after midnight. After midnight, is it? Well, we usually end up chatting afterwards. Yeah. And then we, we call it a day once we start jabbering. Delusionally on. seeing things and yeah, just talking absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, as, as a as an as a, a starting story for the people that might be interested about the 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 goings on of my life, <laughs> um, <laughs> just that what you said there reminded me of a time I was asked to do an edit for a client, a video, and uh, I'd already been up since four that morning because I had to fly to the location. This already sounds really glamorous, doesn't it? Yeah, it to, does. I had to fly to the location. What? And, where was uh, the location? Wales. <laughs> <laughs> Not so glamorous I was, anymore. I, I was living in Germany. I had to fly to Wales. And then film all day. And the client said, uh, we want it as soon as. This is a newsroom piece. It needs to go out because there are people baying for this story. Oh, yeah. And so I had to edit all night. And I was that tired. I was editing at like a hotel room desk with a mirror opposite me. Like literally I was looked up and saw myself. Mm. And there was a point in the wee small hours of the morning, having been hot, hot on the edit, mm. I looked up and for a, a fraction of a second, not like I wasn't full on tripping, but I, for a fraction of a second, I thought, who's that fella looking at me? <laughs> who's he? What's he looking at like a so, dog, like a dog who doesn't realise their own reflection. Yeah. And barking at itself. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was almost like out of body, like I thought it was another person. Like, yeah. But how long did it, but you you realised, oh, like instant, almost immediately. Like, yeah, as yeah, soon yeah. as I thought it, I thought, I'm, yeah, right. I'm knackered. <laughs> I, need to, I need to tie this off. Um. So yeah, that was an experience. But here we are again, anyway. Yeah, we anyway. We digress. Um, so it's been a little, we had a little break. It's, little I think, I, I think we should call this season two. That's what pe that's what podcasters do, isn't it? When they, for whatever reason, ah, okay. tools down for, for a season. Yeah. Um, and, and that's largely my fault to be fair, because I had, I went on holiday mm. and I had COVID mm -hmm. and I've moved house. So it's the trifecta. Yeah, that's gonna stresses. That's gonna postpone stuff, isn't it? No. Yeah. So we'll we'll give you those. 
any other circumstances, personal deaths, I don't know if I'd be as sympathetic to. No, no, well, that's not a good enough reason. Well, yeah, because they're dead. They're not. They're not <laughs> yeah. doing anything, are they? You're yeah. actually moving house on holiday. Yeah. COVID. Those things need to be tended to. Yeah, dead, absolutely. Dead person. No. Nothing. Yeah. Right. So we have two more movies uh, to discuss this evening. We have uh, the first of which a 1970s animation classic. Yeah. Um, to accompany the book of the same name, Watership Down. Mm-hmm. My choice. Uh, your I want choice. to make that perfectly clear from the from the get that that was my choice. Good, because I, I wouldn't have chosen it in a million years. <laughs> <laughs> well, same, same could be said for your choice. <gasps> How dare you? Anyway, so yeah, the other movie is um, 80s comedy genius. Of both mm. small, large screens and stage, Eddie mm. Murphy starring yeah. with, I would go as far as to say, Tour de Force. <laughs> J- <laughs> Tour de Charles Force, Dance. Charles Dance. <laughs> um, as his oppo, his baddie, uh, in the fantasy comedy adventure, The Golden Child. So, I I mean, I don't know. I feel like we need to start with yours because okay. I think we need to end on a high. <laughs> this is mental. This is, we, have, we are completely different, different people. <laughs> I, I need to save everything I need to say for the golden child. But for th- this, this week, especially for me, was one of opposing... Uh, opinions on on the two films like oh, very, polar very opposite. different very different very different very very different and yeah. i only say this in as much as it's not that i didn't like watership down per se it's, well save it come on well in as much as i want to do it first because it's quite a serious film in, in oh, it's, it's, yeah it's got some depth to it yeah, and and because I I like the lighter side of things when it comes oh, to okay. our discussions, oh, right. I just thought we'd end on a a, a okay. fun a fun note. Okay, no, that that's fair. That is fair, because they they are very, yeah. In in terms of tone, they're very mm. different films. Yes, indeed. So, Watership Down. This is your choice. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest. I've never sat and watched the film. It's been on. Plenty of times in in our homes growing up, my sisters and brother would have watched it, but I'd never actually sat and gone. I'm going to watch Watership Down, which is which is weird because we we have very. I mean, you're slightly younger than me, but like mm. of the same generation. Yeah. Um, and we're the youngest of our families, respective mm-hmm. families, siblings. So we've got older. I mean, although there's a larger age gap between, obviously, my next sibling up is only like twenty months older than me, and and your brother is what six, six and a half, seven six years. years, yeah, six years. So that's quite that's quite a gap. But however, we have older siblings, and I'm surprised that you never, you never. Well, why did why why did you never sit down and watch this, despite it being. You were aware of it, right? Mm. I think it's because I knew 
I knew it was a, a, an adaptation of the book, mm. which I knew as a kid was maybe a little bit scary. It dealt with more oh, okay. grown-up themes, perhaps, than I would have been. Certainly that I would have sought out as a kid. It's like, oh, this is a bit heavy. Oh, right, okay. Especially because the two perhaps didn't match up in my mind. It's an animation, but I'm of an age where I'm probably watching like Disney animations, and then mm. this animation is in stark contrast to to what would have been about that I would have been watching at the time. Yeah. See, I, I think the appeal to me, and I don't remember the first time I, I saw it. I'd have been very young, mm. um, and I'd have just watched it because it was a cartoon. And it had been shown in an afternoon, you know. Yeah. When it was on, it was just it was just on uh, at a time in which a, a young child would sit down and watch uh, a cartoon about rabbits, and yeah. just left to my own devices to watch that on my own and be haunted and terrified by the images that were <laughs> emblazoned upon my eyeballs. Um, but I remember. So, yeah, I don't remember that specifically, but I'd have been young. It's always been in my psyche, uh, Watership Down. And it's it's left a, a real deep impression upon me, always. And I've, I've always... It's been one of those films where I've loved it and been terrified of it and... Um, but ultimately kept coming back to it because there's just something about it I absolutely adore and i've always adored it um in like for, a sentimental way sentimental i like okay so so the animation is not great it you know it's it's fine but it's it's not it's not disney it's mm. not it's not even um like what was his name who did like um uh, Fern Gully and that type of Don Bluth oh, or someone. Don Bluth, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's not of that it's not of that quality. It is it's a bit shonky, the the animation. But it's kind of cool in as much as it's mm. it's of its time. Like it's yeah, it's got a it's very 70s. distinct flavor to it. Yeah, go, and it, oh, and yeah. British, you know, British animation. Yeah, but with a with a stellar cast, with a stellar voice cast, mm. you know, John John Hurt and. Richard Briers and um, Veruca Salt's dad from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stella. <laughs> but he was he was in like uh, Bond films, was he not as well? Like back in the day, like he was. Uh, in... Yeah, I think he was actually. And also, what's his chops from um, Indiana, Indiana Jones's mate? Denim Elliot. Yes. So he is right off the bat. There, you've brought up our Hollywood working class hero. Oh yeah, I, I don't know his name. It's fa- fantastic, fantastic so he performance. Is, yeah, he plays Cowslip, the, yes. the the shady rabbit, the moody one. Right. So okay, we we need we need to go we need to go back to the very beginning. So you know that the, the opening. Well, do you, shall I read the the blurb, read the blurb. Yeah, let's have it. It's very it's very short because yeah. if I'm honest. I would, neither of us could really find it's not streaming anywhere. We both had to find no. Snidey, shady um, YouTube, Snidey YouTube's uh, uh, offering, uh, and this is one. I think this is like a Wikipedia uh, description of the film. Okay, 
So, hoping to escape destruction by human developers and save their community, a colony of rabbits led by Hazel and Fiverr seek out a safe place to set up a new warren. And that's okay. it. That's all you get. And and that that with that blurb, it could it could very well be a very sanitized kind of um, animals of farthing wood sort yeah. of vibe, um, like just an you, adventure. Yeah, just an, an adventure. They need to go find a new warren. Um, let Let's go find a new warren. But it is, I mean, that just that blurb does not give it anywhere near enough trigger warnings. No. No, it does not. <laughs> and there should be trigger warnings all over this thing, all over mm. it. But okay, so that, that op- the opening sequence when it's kind of explaining, it's almost like th- their creation story. It's, it's the story that they, that the rabbits tell themselves about mm. how they came into being. So you've got, um, uh, I can't even, I can't even remember what is. Lord Frith. Lord Lord Frith, and I I love that animation sequence because it's completely yeah, different the to the well. I, and what I understand is that there was a different director that was uh, on board and did that bit, and I'm not sure whether that was going to be the animation style throughout, and then somebody else came on, um, but and just, but just kind of kept that opening sequence because it's I think it's brilliant. I, yeah. I love that opening sequence. I think it's really great storytelling. I think the visuals are really great, uh, and I love the um, like the different names that they 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 give the animal. Anyway, there's the whole story and how they they came to be, and it's almost like a Garden of Eden setting, and then like the rabbits just outnumber everybody, and all the other rabbit, all the other animals get a bit narked. So Frith gives them, you know. Enemies, to, you know, and they start killing each other, kind of thing, and then, and yeah. then, kind of like the, the the animosity between the animals becomes prevalent or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think, I think that is great. The the then we get into, I mean, we're straight in. There's, there's no messing about. There's no, there's no, there's no mm-hmm. kind of like, there's no fluffiness about it from the get go. We're straight into Fiverr. Having these visions, these really bleak visions of death <laughs> and and the rabbits being killed, and yeah. you know this, the, the the tone is set immediately. But but those again, those kind of image, the imagery of that sequence where he's imagining the the diggers coming and and churning up the warren and and you have bodies of rabbits and the and the trees kind of really elongate it it reminded me of a, a radio had a radiohead album sleeve art mm, yeah because <laughs> it's it's really really bleak and mm. and and the music that goes with it is fantastic it's just perfect uh, the the well, kind see, of droning was, strings and stuff yeah that was one of the things that i was struck by um from the get go was just the grandeur of the the mm. whole score, like mm. as in they um I noticed at the start again you talk about separate animators for various portions of the film, yeah, um there were three separate composers who worked on the really on the actual score for the film, yeah, um and it does give it a really i think the thing that I liked about it coherently when you put all these things together from the animation style to the music it does give it a distinctly british 
vibe, like a British mm. flavour, mm. um, which I, I, I kind of, I was drawn to. And it's something that you wouldn't necessarily get now. Like, yeah, I think they, they were able to do it then because there was a sense of, I don't know, pride maybe even. I think people have shy, shy away sometimes from the idea of what it means to be British now for yeah, various understandably, reasons. Yeah. Um, but they, they, that's not to say you negate everything in the past and or mm. everything that's good about your own country. And I think this was a culmination of talent in that sense, British talent from acting through to the animation and the music. And creatively, it was a nice uh, homage to where the UK was at in terms of creative output, at least. Yeah, yeah. But that's interesting. There was three different people on... on, on the, I, I think the music is... And I've never noticed it until this this last time. Like I've always appreciated it, but I was really trying to critique it this mm. time watching it through. And the, honestly, the music is just like and const. It fits so well. So the 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 moments like when they're going through like the forest and there's like potential threat everywhere and you know there's eyes that appear and and then you know badges yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lendry a lendry pokes its head out of a bush with, with blood it's, it's on its brilliant. face yeah it's brilliant it's brilliant and and but the music is so atmospheric and it, and it's not just like a, a score it is almost like the music is the sounds of the forest mm-hmm. um it's it's brilliant. I, I just I just think it's so so well done. <laughs> the Lendry bit um, kind of also typifies how some of the really quite horrific lines were delivered in such a deadpan way yes, by these rabbits yeah. that are trying to escape. What would ultimately to them be matter of fact threats? It's just like well, yeah, it's, it's, it's just Lendry. It? It's a badger, yeah. and that's that's the way it is. And yeah, the badger pops out, and he goes, oh, "A Lendry," and he goes. It's just killed. I saw blood on its lips. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, right, okay. Yeah, but as though, like, that isn't anything really to get excited about. It is it just a like, sign. it's a matter of oh, fact. It's a good sign, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's just eaten. It might have been a bit quicker and we'd we'd have been for dinner. Um, and and the, the, the bit almost immediately after that. So they're, they're all, they've all survived that bit so far. Um, and then. Fiver's just resting in the shade and one of the rabbits just kind of like kind of hops over to to eat a little bit and there's a hawk just flying around mm. and that 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 rabbit just gets taken you don't actually see it but we know yeah. what's happened you just kind so, of yeah. like it is he just disappears and then and then they just go like where where's i can't even remember what his name is the the rabbit that gets taken pip Pipkin was it? Is it Pipkin? Might be. So it's, yeah, some something really nice and sweet. <laughs> um, and it, and and Fiverr just goes, he's gone. He's gone. And that's it. Oh. <laughs> and no, nobody that's really, that. nobody really like. There's no mourning or anything. It's just kind of like, like this is just life. Oh, he's that gone. Reminds me of a terrible story that um, maybe it's a generational thing as well. Coming back to stories from the past of my brother's mate who. Um, he had a, the family dog and the dad would take the dog out for walks. Um, he lived in Litchfield and he lived by Lemonsley Woods, not far from Pipe Hill as you come in from 
Mm. Burnt Wood in Staffordshire into Litchfield. That was the main road that most people used to take. It's been redeveloped now massively, yeah. but um, and he took the do- the dog out, and the dog got away from him, got hit by a car and oh. killed and killed. <laughs> and you'd think the dad would be like, "Oh man, he's going to be mortified. The dog family dog's dead. I've got to go back and break this to the kid." Now he goes back and almost like a flipping rabbit from Watership Down goes, <laughs> dog's dead. You want to... <laughs> and this is the killer line. He says, if you want its body, it's on the road. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> and it's like, mate. Oh, my word. And my brother says he remembers being around there and his mate just being in bits, like in tears. And it's like, Dude, you could have been a bit more sympathetic there to your son's emotional Flinting attachment. To the heck. I mean, I I know like maybe you should have watched. Don't Watch beat around Dan. the bush, but good grief, that that is brutal. Dog's dead. Dog's dead. If you want its body, it's on the road. Not even like, not like I, we need to go and retrieve or anything. Just yeah. like if oh. you want it, it's it's on the road because I've just left it like. Yeah, oh his dad was word. his dad was a different breed, though, man. Like proper nutcase. That's um, mad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, maybe he should have watched. Maybe if he'd watched Watership Down beforehand, that loss would have been a bit more palatable. <laughs> Flip. <laughs> Flipping egg. Um. Yeah. So. So it's it is everything like that is just matter of fact, and mm. and it. And it's and it is quite like yeah. There's there's no there there is no subtlety about it. It is just kind of like brutal and just like yeah, it's gone. That's it, dead. Mm. And then you get to I tell you, this bit from the, the, okay. The, the other thing that I find really brilliant rewatching it is you know when so there's a couple of scenes where they go into the Warren and and it's and you, the camera's just kind of like. Gliding through these really oppressively narrow pathways and stuff, and you can hear the conversation in like echo from a distance. Mm. I think that's re- that's really really clever, like really brilliantly done, and it does it a couple of times through through the film. Um, and I think that's that's really affecting, and just I, I find that really oppressive and really kind mm. of. Claustrophobic. Well, as opposed to the bit where it depicts the holes being filled in and all the rabbits mm. are trying to make a break for the any and all exits. And then yes. it shows them all, all just cramming into the one oh, hole trying to get out. And their eyes are like really red. And it and it's and that, that bit's brilliant though, because it is it doesn't show it like in reality. It's stylized it, again. Yeah. So they kind of like almost like taper kind of into like out. Yeah. yeah and like almost like they just like their bodies just kind of disappear into like eat. yeah it's and it's horrible and it's like it's, it, it really zooms in on their faces as they're gasping for air as they're being gassed this film honestly <laughs> it's it is not a kid's film it's it shouldn't be i know it's like a you or something hmm. it's it's horrific in its yeah. imagery it's it's really unpleasant but brilliant because of that that it doesn't hold it it doesn't hold its punches it doesn't try and disneyify it because i mean disney's at its flipping peak and you know 
probably not at its peak. But Disney's still it's had like some big releases at that point. Yeah, they? still churning out like huge, huge Jung- films, Jungle Books, and your yeah, and your Robin Hoods. Mm. Um, all sanitized, all really, really kind of cutesy. And this is this is just the complete opposite. And and cowslip going back to cowslip. That whole scene yes. is. Again, unnerving. The whole film is unnerving, but like Cowslip especially, he's just like this lolloping weirdo that just kind of lollops. The way he moves even is just kind of like lollops around, almost like not that there's no care in the world, but like even he goes on to say like he's almost like accepted his place in the world, which is just kind of like I'm going to die. Man serves a sort of purpose, but we're at, at his behest kind of mm. thing and we um, and we will die and when big wig gets caught in the snare and yeah. somebody goes off to get cowslip and the, and the other rabbits it's like, and we're not we're just, not helping yeah well it's just kind of like just just leave him just like mm. it, what what will be will be kind of thing um and it's and and then he, he recites this really creepy poem oh the part when they're eating yeah and it's like really it's really beautiful. You know, it talks about um some some river and like, you know, where do you travel to? But it's it, it again, it's just it's really weird and unsettling. And you shouldn't trust anybody who reads poetry anyway, and certainly not anybody who recites poetry. <laughs> <laughs> I have a poem. Do you know there was one <laughs> there was one lad who I went to Yodi with on the subject of uh, poetry reading. And he he was doing the same course as me, like media production, but I think was he in the year ahead of me. But sometimes our paths would overlap in relation to projects that sometimes the lecturers would want us to work on, like on the side, like actual jobs for the uni. Can you produce like a little something, little video for the uni for potential students doing this course or whatever or looking to stay in the halls of residence what's life like in the halls of residence that kind of thing and he was i don't want to cast aspersions on the fact that he was french but (laughs) (laughs) but i'm going to Mm. in as much as i think obviously certain european countries maybe have a bit of a stereotype in relation to french people being these these romantics yeah, but I think he himself bought into that, like right. to the point where he'd been smelling his own farts for so mm. long mm-hmm. that he mm-hmm. thought, "I am this. I'm a, I'm a media. I'm a producer. I'm a creator. I'm an artist." And mm-hmm. what was his name? His name was uh, Jonathan, and it used to give me great pleasure to call him Jonathan because he would say, "My name is Jonathan," and I'd go, <laughs> "Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan. Nice one. Mate. Good to meet you." It's a bit of a flaming douchebag move on my part. Yeah. It was funny at the time. And anyway, he he used to write poetry. And I remember him. And I thought, mate, you're barking up the wrong tree here. He tried to use it on, like, girls. So he'd, he'd oh. say, I, I like to write poetry. Would you like to come round to my house <laughs> and I can read you some poetry? Or he'd just he'd get them out there under some other pretense. And then when they were there, it'd be like... Bombard them, them with his poems. He'd, he'd read them poetry and they were just too polite to say, oh, mate, I've had enough of this now. This is weird. Um, but he got this one girl who I used to work with. Um, and I just thought, mate, yeah, again, you should have played to your audience a bit here. This German girl. So she's just like, <laughs> I'm not into this kind of cack. 
And no um, nonsense, Jeremy. So she goes round like she's friendly enough and nice enough, and she goes round to uh, to Jonathan's house, and um, he was looking to properly tune her up. He was like, I think he was he was trying to come on to her big time because right. he fancied it. And then um, the next day after it all happened, she came to me and she's like, oh, she's like, Joel, um, I went round Jonathan. She just felt like she needed to unburden herself after the whole process. She went round, it's like I went round Jonathan's house and uh, yeah, he started reading me poetry. <laughs> And I didn't know what to do. And I said, ah, don't worry about it. Did you put, no, your, did you put your arm around and go, it's okay. It's okay. Said, you, you've it's done okay. the right thing nobody, telling me. Nobody knows what to do. Don't worry. He should have known better than to try. <laughs> he poetry. should have known better. Um, so, yeah, people that read poetry can't be trusted. No, absolutely all. not. Regardless of how beautiful the poem might be, it could have been incredible. His poetry, I, think, I, I never just heard any of it. I just think there's a time and a place for poetry, and that is nowhere, never. Read it yourself. Read you it know, yeah, in the privacy yourself. In the privacy of your own home, you pervert. That's when you should. <laughs> is it like a dirty be. secret? Reading, po- <laughs> reading poetry. It should be. I can't. I just can't get on board with poetry, and I think it's because I'm not a romantic, and I can't. You see, I think it's one of. Those and it's because things. I can't do it. I think the reality is is that I'm jealous of people who can do it because I think oh, okay. deep down I would love to be able to to do it, but I just don't have the imagination. I I perhaps think I'd like to be able to write poetry. I think they just end up going down an avenue of being refined into like dirty limericks. Yeah, <laughs> but this is the thing. I can't I can't do sentiment. So it would all and I'd, so and I can't do um just being r- real and like exposing myself to mm. that kind of thing. So I'd have to turn it into some kind of comedic um prose oh, yeah. and 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 that's a, that's a coward's way out. Yeah, um, I think it's one of those things. Also, that there's there's a pretense associated with poetry, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, yeah. So the minute anybody says, "I like to read poetry," "I like to write poetry," "I like to go to recitals," it's the minute you go, "Ah, oh, right." I've got nothing in common with you. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I couldn't think of a worse thing to go to a poetry recital. Mm. I wouldn't know what to do either. I would. That's a that's an alien world to me. Going to a poetry oh, and recital and finishing everyone clicking the fingers when they're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I'd go if it was like in so a married an axe murderer when. He... <laughs> But that's the only time I think I could with the I jazz trio. It. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because so, it does something to it. I, d- I, th- I d- again, it it makes it less ry- rhythmic. It makes it more rhythmic, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it gives it a little bit of something extra. Yeah. So, uh, Watership Down. It's apparent from the movie that there are. It's a lot deeper in its context than being able mm. to take it at face value. Mm. What did you? Did you take any kind of subcontextual meanings to to various things that you saw in the movie? Um, we're getting deep after talking I'm, about the pretense of poetry. We're now <laughs> going to get deep over an animated yeah. film from yeah. the seventies. 
Well, I, I, for me, not, not just that humans are scumbags for one. Like we just don't. Mm. Because I mean, I mean, and that's not even a subtext because you know that's sort of said like a couple of times that man just one that man won't stop until they've ruined everything, and like that we just don't give a damn about nature and and the natural balance of of things, and we'll just yeah. destroy everything. But also, do you think I I don't know whether it's realistic in its depiction of rabbit life <laughs> in terms of like the way that they I mean gen, general wound war and the which is a, a fantastic name and mm. character and he is one of the most terrifying baddies in cinematic history yeah um with his with his one blind eye um I'll blind him. Doesn't he say I'll, that about? I'll, I'll blind him. I'll blind him. <laughs> I mean, he's just a gangster, isn't he? He's just a, a gangland flipping mm. terror. Um, I think aren't aren't rabbits quite territorial though in real life? In po- as much as quite possibly, quite possibly. But they 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 are brute. Like they ki- the way that they kill each other in this film is. I, I slash each I other to bits. Yeah, I can't imagine that that is true. And like, do they have like it? I mean, they call it the Owlsler. Again, the names of the different stuff mm. in in the rabbit world. So is I, I looked it up because I was intrigued by that. So I thought, oh, I'm going to look up how's he come up with these names. And this is so. Um, what was his name? The, Richard Adams. Richard Adams. He developed this language. It's called the Lapin language. Um, All right. Which is, is Lapin Latin for rabbit? Well, it's the, it's the French word. French. Uh, oh, lapin okay, right. is the French oh, word okay, for rabbit. Um, but lap, it's spelt with an E at the end, so I think it would have been Latin in the first instance. Right. Um, and yeah, he, he developed it. He said he took inspiration from old, old ancient languages. So like... Um, Scottish Gaelic and Irish and okay. and other things, but he says most of it is just um, onomatopoeic, so it sounds like what it is. So the right. cars are called like Arudadu, Arudadu, but that, but that kind of makes sense. That that make that is I think that that's similar to how in Welsh a microwave is called a pop tipping <laughs> <laughs> because they don't have a word. There's no ancient. There's an ancient word for uh, a badger in in rabbit speech which is what 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 are they called again landry landry but they don't have an ancient word for a car so they just yeah. have to go what does it sound like what does yeah. it do it's an a rude, like, rude do like the goal is called keha because he's like keha that's the noise oh, he makes oh okay right okay so he calls him keha and then right. um Ephrava was the name of the of the general's warren that was his yes they are Ephrava. um Flera was like um, food. Oh, oh, that's where they go flare-a. out to like dine, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah. Um, Flera like, is at such and such a clock. Yes, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Flera. Um, the Owsler, of course, is like almost like the. Um, oh no! So enforcers. sorry. So, no, it's souffle, isn't it? Souffle is, is feeding time. That's what I've got. Grazing your souffle. But then flera must be something to do with. I think food. it's a food. I think it's food stuff because it's like the. Because um, I think one of the rabbits goes to eat like a dandelion or something, and that one of the owls goes like that's for, 
flay rise for for Owlsler. You know, uh, you've got to be a certain rank to eat the better food. And that's, okay. I think that's what it was. Mad. Yeah, so carrots and stuff. I've got flavor that's carrots and stuff oh, like, like that. proper veg and... Yeah, and right. But the dog is just a dog. <laughs> <laughs> There's a dog. Cat. There's a dog loose in the woods. But yeah. you get, yeah, so like Valandry. Homba. Do you remember what? Homba. No. Fox. A fox. Yeah. The, like he lists that. them all. They get listed right at the start, don't they? When he says the yes, the Lendry got the crazy teeth. Yeah. The, the fox got the cunning and blah blah blah. The Homba got the cunning. So one of the things I took from it was the idea of political ignorance. Just as long as I can maintain power and influence, ah, I don't. Yeah. I don't care what is best for us all generally. I just right. what's good for me. Because at Ephrafa, they're overcrowded, aren't they? And mm. she, she, she um, I can't remember what the what her her name is. Kind of like the yeah. the the rabbit trusters. Yeah, um, yeah. Because she says like, there's not enough room. Like we could we can go and we'll go far away, um, you know, and set up our own Warren. And and Wim was like, absolutely not. No, no way. No. I want dominion over you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even in the first instance with the the leader, the main leader in Fiverr and Hazel's Warren, he's like, oh, yes, he's like proper playing the political game. Yes, mm. okay, it's good to see you. I'll take all your ideas on board. Mm. And it's like, oh, don't let that happen again. I don't want to see him again, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah, you, like, almost like you shouldn't have brought him here to, why did we even let him in to, for, for an audience with me? Yeah, with me. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll play my part when he's. And here. again, and again, they try to, es- and and they have to escape, don't they? They have to go under the cover of darkness at night, just to be like, we're mm. we're out of here, um, and they 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 get chased down by the Owlsler to be brought back. Indeed, one of the things I didn't realize coming back to the music of, um, the film was that I knew Bright Eyes, the actual track, was mm. part of the the musical score um, for the movie. I didn't realise, I thought Bright Eyes was just originally an Art Garfunkel track Yeah, that they used yeah. for the film. I didn't realise mm. it was written and performed for the film by Art Garfunkel. Was it written by Art Garfunkel? No, it was written by somebody else. I can't even remember who. Well, I, I loved that song so much growing <laughs> up, which I'm a little bit ashamed to say. <laughs> Why? Because it's naff. The thing is, is like, okay, so now I get again as a kid because that that's it's almost like there's a little bit of relief in that moment. <laughs> We've mm. got this constant threat ongoing, and then this really nice kind of dreamy song comes on, bright eyes, and we get the the kind of dream sequence. Um, not a dream sequence, but sort sort of like a dreamy type of sequence. Mm, like and, a vision. And it's, yeah, it's a, and it's a few minutes of kind of relief and it, the imagery is all kind of floaty and it's all nice and yeah. stuff. And I used to really like that. Watching it this time, I was just like, I can't stand this bit. Like, I've, I just think like it, it, it doesn't, it's not in tune with the rest of the film at mm. all. It is almost just like a bit of light relief until before the 
the, the horribleness continues. The horror commences again. Yeah. yeah. And we well, see some that, more rabbits having their throats ripped out. That whole out. moment is based on the idea that you think Hazel's dead as well. Like he's like, oh, of he's course, because he's, he's, not he's been shot. He's been and shot, hasn't he? The black, the black rabbit with the bright yeah. eyes is leading him to say, no, he's not dead. Got it. Come, come with me. I'll show oh, you. Of course. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is, it is sort of relevant. Hmm. But his bright think... eyes, he's burning like fat, he's showing him where he is. <laughs> the he's lyrics lead, are terrible. Leading him. Well, it's very literal. When you see it in the context yeah. of the film, you're like, yeah. oh, okay, well, this is just, he's telling the story via the song, essentially. I mean, I loved it so much that I bought a Best of Art Garfunkel album <laughs> <laughs> only because that song was on it. And that song, I used to listen to that song. Have you ever heard of any Art Garfunkel solo stuff? It's uh, terrible. No, it's... I was never a fan of, like, I, I love Paul Simon. Like, I was mm. raised, like, my mum and dad were just into Paul Simon. Um, but they never generally used to play much of the Simon and Garfunkel stuff. Oh, right. There's a few yeah. songs which are great, like, I really like. Um, but, yeah, well, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't seek out Art Garfunkel. Well, I, th- I think there's a definite... Um, power imbalance between who's the most creative between <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel and it's very much weighted towards Paul Simon. Well there's a reason 100%. why Paul Simon's career had the longevity it did. Yes. Compared to Art Garfunkel's. Art Garfunkel was like just a cheap American Leo Sayer. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah, like if Bob good. Ross, Leo Sayer yeah. had a love child. It would yeah. have been Art Garfunkel. <laughs> so oh, I think um, one of the things as well that made me chuckle, especially back in the day, like I don't know if you'd get away with this so much now, was um, when they go back to the farm where Hazel gets shot, mm. um, is the fact that in 1978, the depiction of farm folk was that of <laughs> Shotgun wielding, tweed, <laughs> tweed wearing, wearing welly yeah. wearing West Country bumpkins that yeah. come out. I don't know where he is. What's that noise? Here you dog, keep it down. And then it's like got the flipping comes out with his shooter. There he is. Yeah. Oh, you get him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's. A, I think it's a fair dis- depiction of farm folk. Not now. But farm folk of the 70s, I imagine that was very... I don't think that was stereotypical. I think that that was bob on. All farm folk <laughs> did look, speak and uh, act in that way. I think that they embodied... You know, you hear the arguments, like when you talk about like pro-hunt um, oh, yeah. people from the country. They always talk about, oh, well, you don't, you're not from the country, so you don't understand. You yeah, right. I think that kind of embodied. It's like, yeah, I've got dogs that kill stuff and my cat kills stuff. And yeah. if it comes on my land, I'm just going to shoot it. <laughs> yeah. But this is just life and death it's for life, us, isn't it? Yeah, it's life and you haven't faced down death like we do every day as yeah. folk. So yeah. another rabbit gets shot. Was your was your mate's dad a farmer? The one who said the dog's dead <laughs> no, in the road. No, not at all. He lived in Litchfield for crying but out loud. But that would that would make I, more sense. On the edge of the of the ta- of the city, like <laughs> towards, like I said, the woods. But no, nah, he was not no. by any mm. stretch. Um, by any stretch, yeah. agricultural. 
Yeah. <laughs> I and again, coming back to the seriousness, and, and and this 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 gets me every time I watch it. And I don't watch this film very often, like. But when I do, so when when they come up with the whole plan, so the Ephrathans are coming to take over their Warren. Wound's got his general, not his generals, but his his, his Owsler, and they're going to come and they're going to come and attack and and kill everybody. Only because they've stolen a few of the does and mm. and rabbits away from their warren, and that's it. That's all Wound Wart's bothered about. It's it's like flipping turf war, isn't it? This, this is all well, this it's is because they've sent they've sent that message then through the rest of the warren, right? To say you can get you can get it's out. a free for all. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has to save face, and Hazel goes has the brilliant plan of let's go get the dog. And we'll have this relay race, not a relay race, a, a relay of rabbits being able to run, guide the dog back mm-hmm. to their warren. And then he's just going to carnage, just like yeah, he goes have, have, have his way, Buck have his wild. way with <laughs> all these rabbits. Um, and Hazel is, is running along, sort of praise to Frith. Oh, he does, and, yeah. And his, his, that sort of like prayer, if you will, is brilliant and it's so heartfelt because he, he's basically saying like if you if you just allow this if you save the warren i'm i'm willing to sacrifice my i i don't need to live i just need my 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 warren to survive so if you do this for me you you can take you can take my life mm. and frith's response again is equally great it's just like kind of what will be will be like what, whatever's gonna happen, I can't promise you anything. Just, mm. just that whatever will happen will happen, and you just kind of need to accept it, which is great. And it, and it, yeah. but it's really, really heartfelt. Like, and and I think it's the fact that it's John Hurt who has a great, great voice, and the oh, way he yes. delivers it is just the again fantastic. Honest. It's just so, so great. And then. In contrast to that, the um, at the end, when they finally do get the dog back yes. to the Warren to kind of be their their saving grace, if you like, mm. is just how Woundwort kind of solidifies his rep as like the ultimate badass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like By blinded, blinded, battle hardy Woundwort. Just like it's only a dog. It's and only a dog, and just it's ripped it them to shreds, like literally yeah. just. And 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 I think that that is pretty true to form. So, our dog, and I'm, this is this is of great shame. Uh, I I didn't witness this, but when we first got the dog, um, you need which, to say what kind of dog it is. Too, okay, so let's. This is very I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name him because that's okay. unfair on the dog. <laughs> I'm not gonna name him because you might hurt his feelings. Well, because if, if this goes into public domain, and you know, I think that his his privacy needs to be respected. Is it contra- Would it be? Would it cause controversy? Well, it, there could be. There could. I mean, I, I can't be sued for libel because this did actually happen, right, um, okay. and it's and it's of record. However, okay. so the dark. We was he, he's a greyhound, mm-hmm. and should be muzzled. And we were told when we got him that he should be walked muzzled. And we yeah. being new pet dog owners were like, ah, no, it'll be doesn't. fine. He's it'll be low, fine. Yeah. <laughs> so 
My, Robin took him for a walk and he spied, unbeknownst oh, no. to Robin, a cat underneath a car and he launched, grabbed the cat and I'm I'm hearing this from second second hand and he grabbed it in his jaws and shook it, basically just shook it to death. Oh, d- d- did what he is inherently well, in, in, yeah. inclined to do as a ground. Uh, yeah, yes, it, it's it's in his nature. It it, it it wasn't it wasn't doing it for fun or anything like that. We don't think so. But just instinct just did what just comes. To, yeah, instinct. Grabbed it, just shook it violently for a handful of seconds, and that's it. Cat's dead. And <laughs> then he, his body is on the road. <laughs> And then <laughs> I knocked on the doors and went, if you, your cat's dead, if you want it, it's in the road. The bits um, of it that my dog just left are on the well, road. It, but it was still, in, it was fully intact. Intact, you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't even know, it didn't like rip it to bits. It just did the shaky J- Just shook it, just shook it, killed it. Poor, poor cat, flipping heck, it was awful. I, I, I burst into it. T- Robin brings me up and he's like, you need to... All I hear is, drop it, drop it, drop it. You need to get up here now. So I drive, race up to the end of the road. And and I can just see that the dog has something in its mouth. I couldn't oh, tell what no. it was at that point. I pull up and then I just see this cat. So he's been, he's, it's like his trophy. So he's just oh, got he's it. brought it to you? No, 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 no. But he just will not let go of it. It's yeah. just in his, in his jaws, just like, just, just like, Look what I got! Look, look what I, look what I did. Eventually, did drop it. We found the owner. We, we, I put, I put the cat in a in a box and like brought the cat. I, I burst into tears because the the owner burst into tears. They were, they were so, they were so gracious. It was, it was honestly, it was awful. The whole, the whole, the whole thing was awful. Um. And then we had to live on that same street. They lived on our street, and we'd pass we'd pass them like all the time. Every and time was... you saw them, you just saw the cat's eyes. Every time yeah. you looked into theirs. Oh, honestly, it was. It, and they, but they were they were just like, it, it is just in their nature. We don't, you know, they they didn't report us or anything. They didn't, you know, there was no yeah, kind well, of. Yeah, this is it. You got off lightly there. To be yeah, there. absolutely. And we 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 tried to give them. Money. I think, I think we put like five hundred quid in an envelope to try <laughs> to try and like to pay. Alleviate. You tried to pay them off, didn't you? <laughs> it was, it was, you thought it you was could like buy penance. that cat back. We were we were trying. We were we were buying our indulgences, and then um, yeah, that's exactly. What and they, and they they, po- they posted it back through our letterbox. They they were really good. They were so we made a donation to the Cat Protection League or oh, okay. or some cat charity on on there. Right. I don't think it was 500 quid. <laughs> we we <laughs> reduced that quite a bit. <laughs> um, but oh, we did make a donation. Um, I don't think it was 500 quid. To be, I think it was 200 quid. Um, Fair play, though. Um, I don't know if I'd have done yeah, we do. We, we, tr- we tried to make it up, which you can't do. You no, know, know, they've, know. They've, they've, they've lost a, a beloved family you're better, member. You're better than me. If that had been my dog. And I'd have gone to the house and I'd have got away with it, Scott Frey, like you did. I'd have been like, yes, we've got away with it, flipping. <laughs> well, and it sat with us for age and, and we walk in muzzled everywhere yes. well, now. That, like, the we've learned our there. lesson. Yeah. Lesson, lesson but, so, so the way this dog 
goes at those rabbits and just like shakes them to death. You've seen and 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 the, the, they they gruesome it up because you see like blood pouring out of these rabbits on this flipping cartoon. Oh. And there was none of that. There was none of that. It just literally just shook it to death. Um, but it, but it's very true to life in the way it shakes them to death and, and then it just like tosses them to a side and it's onto the next one it's always like bing this is like, like a kid in a Christmas. candy store yeah oh. and then yeah it, it and that's that very last bit where it launches wound war and wound war is just kind of like come on then and it just launches yeah, straight back and it's like slow-mo of them and then it like, just cuts away you know brilliant fantastic and we don't know whether wound I wouldn't put it past that wound war well, killed it you don't don't they say that he survived and he they didn't. Well, know they what say we don't him. we don't know because his body was never found. Uh, so that it it could have been that he escaped and he's like I think so yeah so, somewhere so. else. But then they they use the the folklore of wound wart that the, yeah. the, the the does tell their kittens of you know if oh. if you don't behave that general wound will come and get, will you. Come and get you. Um, yeah, it's, well, it's great. I think. Didn't I tell you we needed to do the Golden Child second? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Because it's on that it's, bombshell. It's full. It's it's full on. Did you let your kids watch it? Would you let your kids watch no, it? Not at this stage. No, I think um, even my eldest would probably find that pretty harrowing because he's he's in he's into animals as well. So right. Okay. He, yeah. If he watched that and thought that things were being killed and. And everything else like that in such a horrific graphic way, I think it would just maybe get him to watch the remake on Netflix, which is rubbish. Yeah, the other one, yeah. Well, this is it. It won't be as as good. I think the original one was done with the intention of helping um, people come to terms with the idea of life, death, corruption. It's certainly dealing with all these issues, isn't it? Mm. The, the movie, albeit within the the rabbit universe. Yeah. If you like. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yes, let's let's knock that on the head. You've really knocked the wind out my sails with your dog. Yes. Story. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to. Oh, I was just dear. trying to make a point of like dogs shake animals to death. Dogs is out, yeah. No, in fairness. Uh, another story actually <laughs> on the subject of dogs maybe i shouldn't share it after that i don't know if there's you can always cut it i can always cut it well there was um this is apocryphal again i'm getting this second hand right there was there was a park in middlesbrough that one of my my friends used to go um to to walk take the kids to the park and again he witnessed like an instinctual attack from Mm. a dog um two dogs two uh, Rottweilers turned turned up in the back of this Land Rover, <laughs> and um, he said that the guy gets out the car, and like most dog owners, open the car door, then get them on the lead, and off you go. He opens the car door, unbeknownst to the fact that there's this little Scotty dog oh, no. further down the path um, that these two dogs have spotted. Mm. They instantly, both of them, make a beeline in mm-hmm. in, in formation at this point towards the dog. Mm-hmm. They get hold of it, much like your dog did in the shaky tuggy. But mm-hmm. imagine, so 
you've got a, a greyhound, which are pretty deadly, depending on the size of the animal. Yes. You know, they're, they're, they're bred to hunt and to chase. And yeah. Imagine the bite power of two Rottweilers on a little Scotty dog. Oh, no. The Scotty... I won't go into de- the details yeah. that he gave. We can Scott, imagine. It did end up in bits, literally. Mm. Oh. Um, but the owner, again, the owner mortified at what's happened, comes running down the hill from the car park. <laughs> and as he leaves his car behind open, runs, and there's people just watching on in horror. The owners of the Scotty are just ah, screaming and they're just in absolute bits as you can imagine my mate's watching this (laughs) and all he hears is the fella go quick somebody grab its balls (laughs) because these dogs hadn't been neutered to bring to bring the dogs to heel you needed to grab its nuts well this is this is the trouble with our dog his balls are already gone, so that he wasn't even a, a wasn't thing that we could, that we couldn't have even done that. Yeah. Well, wow. <laughs> today somebody grab its balls next time you're in a, a tight spot with a couple of dogs. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that to be the cry of the owner. <laughs> yeah, that was not somebody stop him. Somebody grab the collar, whatever. Somebody grab its balls. <laughs> Somebody, anybody close by, just grab its balls. Just anyone. And would everybody, you? Would you have Well, done this that? is it. Any, everyone watching on going, yeah, mate, whatever. But apparently, totally works. They'll soon be brought to heel. They won't give you any chew if you flip and grab its nutsack. Flip so, in uh, Yes. Anyway, <laughs> the golden child. <laughs> so, golden child, this was my choice. This is our. Is this our first kind? Is it a comedy movie? Would you say? I mean, there was a a few funny bits. I think it's supposed to be a, like a sort of comedy drama, comedy adventure, comedy adventure. Yeah, fantasy comedy is the way yeah. I would describe it. Okay, um, you would assume from Eddie Murphy being in it that it was going to be. Yeah, comedy. of course. In in sort of the way that like Beverly Hills Cop is a comedy. But it's not a straight-up comedy. There, there are, like, no, it's, dramatic... It's, it's drama, yeah. It's got a bit yeah. of action. Action yes. comedy. Action comedy, yeah. So, Golden Child, this is 1986. Um, this is the blurb. Uh, as the chosen one, Murphy, uh, on a madcap mission to save the Golden Child, a youth with mystical powers who's been abducted by an evil cult he battles a band of super nasties, scrambles through a booby-trapped chamber of horrors and traverses Tibet <laughs> to obtain a sacred dagger. But it's Murphy's wit that turns out to be his sharpest weapon. In the... <laughs> this is terrible. In this 24-carat comedy adventure. <laughs> oh, this is nonsense. <laughs> Does that description ring true, do you think? Not in the slightest. Other than the description of the actual plot. Yeah. That's that's pretty that's pretty highfalutin stuff compared to what we we actually saw. Yeah. Um 
this I chose this I remember as a kid and maybe this is the clue to just how funny this film actually is as a kid finding this hilariously funny <laughs> see I, I don't I remember watching it as a kid and I loved this as a kid mm. I don't ever remember finding it funny but I certainly remember finding it entertaining and uh, yeah br- like just really really good storytelling and just yeah. a great film yeah a fun a fun film a fun yeah yeah um, so in terms of characters, now there's, there's a few characters in this. We've, we've already said it has Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. uh, as the main guy. You've got Charles Dance who plays like a, 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 a demi demon. Should we say? Is his like name a, Mumby? His name's not Mumby. His name is, I wrote this down. That's Sa- what Eddie Murphy calls him, doesn't he? Sardo Numspa is his Oh, that's name. it. Numspa. And he calls him Numpsy. Brother That's Numpsy. Numpsy, yeah. Brother Numpsy has forgiven me. Um, so that, and then the golden child, I never even realised this till I looked it up, was actually played by a girl. It's meant to be a little boy. Ah, right. Um, but it's played by a girl. And I saw like pictures of a golden child reunion, Eddie Murphy and this woman. Ah, right. Now, um, the elder who works in like the Chinese medicine shop, and mm. they go to for advice before they embark on this adventure of trying mm-hmm. to get the golden child back. Is played by James Hong. Is is he the the dad in Wayne's World too? He's the dad in Wayne's <laughs> okay. World too. Yeah, I know who James you're talking Hong, about. Yes, right. Okay. Um, who engages in a mock kung fu fight scene with? Yes. They dub it all with the. Yeah, with the, it's very good. It is very good. They play up to the um, kung fu stereotype from the movies. So yeah, um, lots of different things. What did you What did you make of it? Now then, having watched it again. Okay. So I'm going to talk about some of the positives first. Yes, yeah, please, please. Do. I, 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 the the opening scene is. Well, again, it sets the tone for the whole film because it is mad. So I, yeah. you've got the, you've got this, and the music again sets the tone. <laughs> so you've you've got this really soft kind of um monk tibetan you know the, the kind of stereotypical tibetan monk kind of music that you'd expect mm. to see the kind of like soothing kind of like chimes and stuff and then cut cut into interspersed with the scenes of the what did it call it the na- the nasties whoever what that blurb said about like the the evil nasties the who evil come, cult that are coming to to steal the golden child mm. and it's just like proper 80s kind of synth kind <laughs> of mad just like the most 80s music you've ever heard in your life yeah um and then you've got like instantly we know that there's supernatural stuff going on because charles dance teleports he, oh, yeah. We learn that he can teleport almost immediately. We learn that the golden child can turn evil people good just by touching them. Yes. Like they're, they're told to, to to not touch the golden child. Um, I loved the way in which they stole, kidnapped the golden child. <laughs> and it was like one of those, uh, uh, an arcade where you can, where the, 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 the arm, you can manoeuvre the arm to grab a cuddly toy and then it pulls it up and put, yeah, drops it like down. Yeah, it's like a fairground claw. Yeah, <laughs> I, I went, we went, we went to the West Midlands Safari Park the other day and they had one there and it was called Grab and Win. 
And I just, <laughs> I would, I like the thought of grab and win. You can grab and win a, a golden child because it, it probably just comes down over the top of him. He he doesn't move. He, he doesn't try and escape. He's just no. He's just kind of like, what? This is this is fine. And, gra- and grabs him and takes him away. Um. So that that was good. <laughs> um. Then then I think it starts to fall down almost off. immediately. In terms of entertainment, I don't understand why Eddie Murphy's even in this film because he was kind of peak. This was the peak of his kind of career. You know, this is kind of around the time of doing Beverly Hills Cop and yeah. and those types of things. And I mean, he was he was established, you know, on the comedy circuit. Yeah, at that point, massively. Like yeah, so I don't really understand because the the it. The production values aren't great. Hmm. It's a bit kind of shonky. The writing isn't great. The, there's no character development. These are the most two-dimensional characters. Oh, okay. I'm going right. to stop you right now. All right, okay. Let's... development. The characters for me, um, there are a number of characters that I particularly enjoy. So okay. first, first things first, I, I like the fact that I say I like the fact, and I'm also confused by <laughs> the idea that Charles dance as Sardo Numpspar. Why, if he's this badass guy who's looking to kind of, you would think that those looking to achieve this ultimate battle of evil over good, yeah, would surround himself with like the best and try yeah. and really take him on. Instead, he seems to have like surrounded himself with simpletons. Simpletons, yeah, yeah. So he's got the one guy who is literally like, oh man, like, are you trying to depict yourself as someone with some kind of additional need? <laughs> and or just an out and out, inf- maybe that's what it is. They're easily influenced and that's why Yeah, but that's a bit, that's, it's not very PC, is it? Because, yeah, it doesn't really it's make sense. It's being inclusive. Well, but it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> Doesn't really make sense that he would surround himself with with simpletons. You'd think they'd be like cunning, yeah. devious people. Like like but not even that, just like capable people. <laughs> like people who like Yeah, just mean and horrible and but also like Yeah, but it is that's I never considered that. I never considered it. Let's let's move on then to the one of his other crew. Who is? I'm going to say semi-capable. The one with the paper chain, the paper clip chain around his neck. Food. Just like oversized yes. paper. The one clips. with the, the one with the dookie rope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Foo. So Foo, he made me chuckle because he looked like a lad I used to live with at uni. <laughs> like he's mad looking. The fi- the features of his face are yeah. like properly like they've made him up. Obviously. Okay. Do you know who it is? No. So he was one of the wheelers from Return oh, to Was. Flipping heck. Not the not the chief wheeler. Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh the chief wheeler. The uh the um Swedish fella who plays. Oh him. yeah. Oh, right. So he's the guy who's wheeling it down the corridor at the start and then he becomes the wheeler Got it. in her vision. Yeah, of yeah, us. yeah. All oh, right. Now evolved into Foo with his smooth facial features. A bit, and the a fact- bit simian like 
Mon- I think he's meant to be monkey-like because he right, okay. even makes the joke, get your monkey off my back. Kind oh, of okay. Yeah, got it. Um, and then I like the fact that he's always wearing Adidas Originals gear <laughs> <laughs> in each scene. Each scene, he's just got a different tracksuit, different <laughs> different visor going on. Yeah, I like his visors. Visors yeah. are a nice touch on his baldyhede. In the first instance, he's wearing like a leatherette, shoulder pads and fur combo when he's out yeah. in Tibet and yeah. like a, a side leather visor <laughs> like to the point where I don't even know what purpose that would serve but it looked cool well that's his winter that's his winter wardrobe yeah it's his winter get up yeah of course just to keep that side of his head and face and are, they, are they glasses or are they sun like sunglasses is he always wearing shades he's or usually are they wearing just sunnies, like prescription yeah. glasses they look like Circa eighties prescription with a am- tint amber amber vision yeah yeah, yeah, like yeah. Bit, they've got a bit of a grade in them yeah you know, the bottom. yeah nice um so yeah I like Foo Foo because he reminds me of someone that I used to know he's a bit simple yeah but he's got skills he's pretty oh, good he, with the chain he's, isn't he? he's more capable than the rest of the he he I would I would suggest he's second in command if there was a command mm. structure. I would suggest that Fu would be second in command. Yeah. So they're, they're two great characters that we've already established as part of Okay. I mean, great. We are stretching. So stretch. Charles, well, then let's go in for the big guns. Charles Dance. Okay. okay as a baddie. Totally viable baddie. It's the 80s. He's, he's British. Yeah. He's obviously ticking that box straight away. Yes. Um, I tell you one thing that that really elevates his evilness is the way that he only ever wears his jackets on his shoulders. That is a great sign of evilness. Is that what yeah. he does? I yeah. never even noticed ne- that. Nev- never, his arms are never in the sleeves. <laughs> just, just pops it on <laughs> the shoulders. on the shoulders. Yeah, that's a nice touch. Um, the fact that he's always wearing like a cravat yeah. as well. Mm. So oh, he's, he's got... really well dressed. Oh, he's impeccable, but it, it gets better. So just when you think this man is very well turned out, he is mm. a beautifully groomed ginger mm-hmm. man, yeah. you know, well, uh, well trimmed, pruned beard. Yeah. He then has this scene where he's in communication with, with the devil himself. Oh, yeah. And in that scene, he removes, like, he keeps his, like, devil's prayer mat, like, when he prays. It's mad. So he keeps his devil's prayer mat in, like, a vintage Louis Vuitton (laughs) chest. (laughs) And it's like they made great, they made a point of focusing on that little detail. Oh, Oh, I miss that, but that is brilliant. So he's just got this big Louis Vuitton chest, which if it was legit, it's going to be worth like thousands. This, yeah. This like a vintage chest unclips. It gets his little prayer mat out. And you're like, man, this man travels well. It's on chest. And to, just to, just to commune with the with with Satan. We, we assume it's well, not necessarily Satan because that's that's too judo Christian, but just like uh, like the chief demon. Like yeah, chief. And body. you can tell you can tell he's a chief demon because as they're communing, there's lots of fire. There's yes. there's like a vast kind of like desolate landscape with just kind of like m- almost like rocky mountainous kind of fiery mm. and Fire the demon speaks and yes yeah almost like volcanic kind of yes. eruptions going on of of just fire mm. bursting out and then the demon has a really deep 
sinister <laughs> kind of really grating kind of voice that just again it just makes him sound evil proper badder yeah yeah so that's charles dance i think he's viable as a buddy okay you know. fine um then i also like the <laughs> the zero to 100 nature of um it's almost like a bit part but he's also one of his crew or at least he's a pawn in the bigger game of trying to kind of hide the golden child within this la landscape mm. um of i can't remember how he was involved tommy tommy tong was oh, Tommy name? Tong, yes. T- Tommy Tong. It's like he goes into the Chinese restaurant, they're all playing Mahjong, <laughs> something <laughs> in the restaurant. And then he's like, y'all know where Tommy Tong is? Where's Tommy Tong? And then as he says that, Tommy Tong bah, just bursts <laughs> just onto the scene yeah. with a couple of like what can only be described as metal, like battlets, like the Klingons used to use in Star Trek. Oh, yeah, because you know, they're those mad. Big, it's like big, a sword with a with almost like an axe bit kind of like pointy, into yeah, the blade. Yeah. So he's got a couple of battlets, <laughs> comes out screaming, starts wielding them, as you'd expect, of course, the Far East Asian man yeah. to do in his Chinese restaurant in a Hollywood movie. Um, but not only that, he's dressed like John Motson in like a flipping <laughs> <laughs> like a leather. He's got like a leather sheepskin number on, mm. like a pilot's jacket. Yeah. And then just when you think, oh, yeah, he's got a cool outfit, he gets taken out, he gets killed by Numspar, who turns up out oh, of nowhere, yeah, that's teleports, right. kills him with his own battlet. Yeah. And then it focuses in on his dead body and it like, um, it tracks across his body. And then at the bottom, you see he's wearing like a pair of two inch Cuban heels. <laughs> oh, no, he's not. <laughs> So you're like, oh, look at that. He's got a pair of Cubans on, man. I didn't didn't realise that. So Tommy Tong, I think Tommy Tong, even it's a toss-up between him and Dance as to who gets best wardrobe in that movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So both wearing leather numbers that are pretty stylish in their own right, the sheepskin and the leather trench Yeah. with a cravat. I don't know what Tommy, what else Tommy Tong was wearing it, but when he pairs it with a flipping pair of Cubans, man, I I would I would say Tommy Tong wins wins that because I would prefer if I had to choose an outfit, mm. I'd I'd prefer to go. I mean, that is brave wearing a little two inch Cuban hair, and as a short man, that that would benefit me perfectly. Yes, it's a braver choice, I think. I think, yeah, Tommy Tong's dressed more for action. Yeah, he's very. Much but but Charles Dance doesn't need to be dressed for action because he's, because Tommy Tong is is just a mortal, where whereas Charles Dance mm. is is immortal. Well, he's not immortal, but he is supernatural. Supernatural, yeah, yeah, right. So, um, I think in terms of characters. That's about it. <laughs> no, let let I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a few characters. Okay. Okay. So the I don't even know what she is, but but the, 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 what's his name? Hong is that his yeah, name? James Hong. So they they 
they take Eddie Murphy to go and see this kind of like oracle that is behind a screen that that ends up being this, at some point in the screen she's exposed and she's like this like floating kind of like snake like dragony mm. half half human half I don't know in the way a mermaid has like a fish tail she yes, has like some kind of like snake dragon dragony scales, tail yeah. and which is mad and then we do find how we do find out how she became that way yeah and and again this this is just completely throwaway one liner which i don't think you'd get away with today but the explanation is is that one of her ancestors was raped by a dragon well that's the only explanation <laughs> i know but it's <laughs> one we didn't need an explanation she and, could have just been a mystical character and and especially i mean that is that's awful awful and it is just kind of like glossed over as well just kind of like thrown out there and then and then we just move on that is mad mm. the the i mean the, the bit okay the bit at the beginning where he's at a newsstand and mm. there's a middle-aged balding man mm. with a uh, a, a dirty magazine, an adult <laughs> magazine in his hand yeah. called Chunky Asses. <laughs> you see, I'd totally forgotten about that. And I think this, this is, is a maybe, PG. It's mate, there's loads PG. of stuff in this. I know. It's just like this should be a bit a bit more than a PG. Um, but this is testament to Eddie Murphy's comedic ability is if anyone else had delivered that line mm. describing what the magazine was like, chunky asses, and everyone's like... <laughs> yeah, no, that's Murphy true. Saying chunky asses. No one else could have said that better no. than you to no. make us laugh. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think in the moment he even makes himself laugh when he says it. Yeah. It's quite funny. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Oh, that, now, there's a few other scenes in this film um you know how i've said before how sometimes lines from movies make their way into my oh, yes. everyday everyday vernacular yes things there's one in this movie it's it's a select line which only ever makes it out of i only ever say it um one if the opportunity arises which is seldom so it's a mm-hmm. real when the opportunity does arise i savor it um and to people who are close enough not to be offended by yeah right is when he's in the um like the chinese herbal medicine store he's rooting around eddie murphy is looking at stuff trying to figure out because he's not familiar with it what it is when he picks that one piece of something up uh looks like some kind looks like a, almost like a dry piece of turd flattened dry piece of turd and then the guy behind the counter explains to him what it is and he goes yak loin and he's like, what? He says, yak loin. Good to keep the yang up. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, ain't nothing wrong with my yang. And then, but the thing is, there's loads of stuff that um, that people will say. Like, oh, you need to, they've got a cold or something. And they'll say, oh, you really should try this medicine out. It's really good. And I'll see those medicines on this. And I'll go, oh, yeah, good to keep the yang up. <laughs> I've used that one a couple of times. You need to try this. It's good to get Why is it, why is it that everything like or I only ever considered it like Chinese herbal medicine being for 
that kind like an aphrodisiac or to <laughs> like like to to uh, you know uh, uh, an alternative to viagra or something yeah, why are they always of... yeah there are a couple of scenes which i have no clue whatsoever why they are included the the pepsi can dancing sequence which just comes out of nowhere i think you've just said essentially why that scene was included haven't you by naming the brand of the soft drink okay yeah no fair, fair enough and the dream sequence where there's yeah. like an audience clapping along and like whooping and hollering. And again, I think that that is purely just so the female lead can be scantily dressed and tied up with her hair slicked back, yeah. like semi-wet. I don't understand, again, why that that sequence is well, included. Wasn't it to show like the, the supernatural nature of... Sardo Numspa in as much as I can communicate with you oh. in my dreams or in your dreams and even though it's a right. dream I can still there can still be real physical consequences yeah could that not have been demonstrated in a better way could have been but it was 1986 to be fair mm. we've now got I... comedy we've got action we needed a bit of skin was probably what yeah. I was thinking. Well, okay. So, because there's that scene. Now, when, when you suggested this film, I told you that there was a scene in which I, mm. as a perverted young child, oh, would, would, would rewind and rewatch. <laughs> and I'm just wondering if you could maybe guess what scene that was. I think you're going to say when they go to the first port of call where they think the golden child is being kept and or they're looking for another missing person, aren't they? Because Eddie Murphy's, a, I find, missing people for a living. Yes. And they think this girl's going to give a clue to where the golden child right. is. They go to a bike, a biker gang's house, obviously. Mm-hmm. They do. Because that's, that's where, where, yeah. The, the, you know, the, the pinnacle of supernatural evil is going to occur okay. at a biker gang. Well, it, it's it's yeah. the coming of coming together of two worlds. It's the, the it's the biker gang, the the hell's angels and yeah. the supernatural uh you know demons. That yeah, it's it's the obvious interlinking of those two yeah. two worlds. And so a fight ensues. Yeah. Um when they discover this this biker gang's mm-hmm. this chapter's den. Yeah. Um, and then in the process of that fight, there's some burst water mains. Yeah. She is, of course, wearing a white shirt. Yeah. She's sprayed with water. Yeah. And consequently, things start to cling. Yes. You're absolutely right. That is a scene that I would <laughs> go back and rewatch and rewind. You absolute pervert. I know. And I'm not proud of that. Um, but it was indicative it, of the time in your life, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I was, a a, I was, I was at that age. Boy. Yeah, yeah. Where and I'm not, and I'm not proud of it. And and again, I watch that. It was the first. I mean, thing I, I watched the whole, of, wasn't it? When I suggested the movie, it was. It was <laughs> the first thing I thought of because it was the most memorable moment um, of the film in my young impressionable mind. 
Wow. Well, it's so sexist, though. It's, mis- it's really misogynistic because it serves absolutely no purpose than just for the male gaze to oh, be like... We've, we've oh, discussed this oh. before, though, haven't we? 86, yeah. 1986. Yeah. That's par for the course. Okay. I think, you know, if you... Like I say, we've got comedy, we've got action, we've got fantasy, we've got a bit of skin but it's a, again it's a pg it's so unnecessary for that scene mm. to to be in it like if if it had been a a higher rated we absolutely would have seen like we would have seen more than what we saw in those yeah. two scenes yes i know what you mean well there was one other one other line from this movie which again a real simple line an easy line a cheap line to deliver, <laughs> but I made a note of anyway because it made me chuckle, and I still I knew it was coming, but it still made me laugh anyway. Was um, so they've gone to Tibet. They realise the golden child has been taken. Um, oh no, they go to no. Tibet they've got to go to get, get the knife, the dagger. Yes, the yes. dagger of a shanty. Yes, um, which is this supernatural weapon, the only thing that of course can kill Sardanum Spa because it's. Forged from, I can't remember the explanation. Oh, it's too too convoluted. I don't really understand why they're going to go and retrieve the dagger that can kill mm. the golden child. But anyway, that that's what's going to happen. So yes, um, they go to Tibet, and upon arrival in Tibet, he's exploring the local town, and he comes across this old peddler who's selling his wares. Yeah, and there appears to be stuff lost in translation when he's giving him money to pay for it yes and he's the guy's playing dumb i don't understand english just making little noises and nods and smiles and yes, yeah. and um and he's like he takes the hundred dollar bill instead of a, a lesser bill and in the process of doing that eddie murphy's pointing it out he's like oh no that's that, that that's a hundred you can't take that that's a hundred dollar <laughs> bill you, you take this one it's it's the see this one here and he's like and you're like Where's this going? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the old fella goes, you're breaking my heart, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah, there it is. He was playing you all Well, that, that dude's from, again, another great 80s film that I most notably know him from is Tremors. Tremors, yes. You know, I'm sure he's in other stuff too. I'm sure, I'm sure he is. I I'm probably sure should have looked is. him up as well. We've had Denham Elliott in Warship Down, James Hong in this. He was another Asian staple, if they needed yeah. that, uh, some kind of Far East Asian character. Well, I, I have I have two lines that I thought were fantastic. And the, the, the one really did make me laugh. So when they go to the, the, the temple at the top of the mountain to retrieve the, the knife, hmm. and they have to spin, inexplicably, <laughs> they have to spin... This this thing on like a pole and talk in in kind of it's like, like a bit. Go on, like a chant. It's almost like yes. a vertical, like a tombola. It reminds yeah. me of like a tombola. <laughs> yeah, think thing. of a tombola stood upright vertically, and they have to spin it and then talk, like you say, in like a chant as the thing's spinning. And as it mm. stops spinning, they have to finish their sentence. Stop talking. Yeah. So, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie Murphy being <laughs> being the 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 one the piss taker that he is, yeah. but also just like he, instead of spinning it, he 
he's like scratchy. he's scratching a record. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, I said, ah, 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 I want the knife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that scene in and of itself, like in our family when we watched it, if I was to mention the golden child to somebody oh. else, like my sister, she would go, ah, 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 want the knife. She'd be referring exactly to that scene. <laughs> that so, bit yeah. is, it really did make me laugh. And there's a funny moment. There's a line. Okay. Also, I know we've got had all this mysticism going on, and we've got Charles Dance talking to a demon. Um, we've got the the dragon lady. All, all this like really supernatural, mad stuff that's going on. Hmm. The most unbelievable thing about this entire film is that Eddie Murphy is the type of guy that would fall in love and want to marry somebody he's known for about a week. Because he goes to the... the I don't even know what a character's name is. I know, I forgot. So the, the, fe- the female lead, he talks to her dad, who is that guy. Is it yes. his dad? The, the guy yeah, who stole the, $100, the yeah. $100 bill, that's her dad. And he sort of like asks for her hat hand in marriage kind of thing. And that is, there's not a chance. That is, that is, there's no way that Eddie Murphy's character, I think that he would want to, and they they do sleep together during the film. And in fact, she says to her dad, I have ruined myself with the American. And I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> oh, you, you have. You, and you a number of times. Um, um but yeah, it doesn't make any. That makes no but sense whatsoever. Does, doesn't it though? In as much as it could be indicative of a change in Eddie Murphy's character. I think it's a stretch. In as much as on in the pursuit of good overcoming evil, he has become a better person for it. He's and wants to marry her. He's realised true value, yeah, in other people to the point. Oh, where I don't know. It's not just physical, it's... He just doesn't seem like a a relationship person to me. And that is a dramatic change. Well, this is the golden child. Well, maybe, yeah. With the touch of his finger. All right, well, I'm I'm prepared to let it go because at at the end of the day, there is a dragon lady woman behind a screen, so anything's possible. Uh, Indeed. Well, I've got nothing else to say on the matter. I I thought child. it was overall opinions a terrible film. <laughs> like again, as a kid, I'm I'm almost ashamed that I liked it as a kid. I w- I want to go back to my younger self and shake myself and go, this is not a good film. Mm. At no at no, but maybe it's because I was just I hadn't seen what good films were. And eighty, I mean, this is nineteen eighty six. We would have seen it later. But in not terms much of later, was, not much later. But in terms of what was generally an offer then, though, still. Oh yeah, we, we. This is what I mean. Like we just, I had less, less choice. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, and and it was kind of like a a family Eddie Murphy film, which hmm. which I know like later came like Daddy Daycare and oh, the, yeah. the the um what's his name the. Naughty Professor and stuff like that. Yeah, but this was like, and in the eighties, he he wasn't doing these types of films. He wasn't doing a family hmm. comedy adventure film. He was doing 
Beverly Hills Cop and Boomerang or whatever that that, that film was called. Yeah. Um, so I suppose it was an, a way of accessing Eddie Murphy in a family-appropriate film. But it, yeah, it I didn't enjoy rewatching it, to be mm. honest. Yeah, I think seconds. I mean, I've not, I hadn't watched it in a long time. No, and it was definitely a lot worse than I remembered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, it's, it's funny because my so my sister suggested. I don't know. She don't know where she um, where she came up with this, but she's between us recording the last one and this one. She said, "Oh, you should do the Golden Child." I'm like, uh-huh. "Wow!" As as would have it. Joel suggested that, but I just thought that's like, why would, why would she, why would she suggest this film? But it, it clearly it was, it was a, it was a, and if your, your sister will recite bits of it, maybe it was mm. just like a film that we, that was just synonymous, not synonymous, but like just a bigger film that we used to watch. Yeah. Back in I think the day. It- I think there's probably, I mean, in terms of our myconic values of why we pick certain films, I think it's definitely sentimental in terms of it was one of those things we watched when we were younger. And I, I would watch it quite, quite a bit because yeah, we had like, we had it on VHS, not not oh, like bought, like taped on the TV. <laughs> yeah, so this is it because it was on TV enough that whenever yes. it was on. We'd watch it, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, at some point, we'd taped it off, off the TV. Well, we must have taped it because I was able to rewind that scene. So Indeed and watch it, watch it on demand, on demand, yeah, video so. on demand. Goodness me, yeah. Right. Well, I think we'll uh, we'll call it a day there, an evening, and we shall back be back hopefully sooner rather than later with two more two more movies 